Spears. From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good evening. I hope you have had a fantastic week. I'm Jody Heiser, host for this Friday edition of Washington Watch. I'm the senior advisor to the president here at Family Research Council. Extremely honored to be sitting in on this Friday evening and extremely thrilled to have you on board with us as well. Well, friends, I tell you what, it has been an incredibly busy week on Capitol Hill this week, including a House Oversight Committee hearing on the criminal investigation of the Biden family. And you wanted to question, Walker, about the email that said 10 held by H for the big guy. Is that correct? That was included in the interview outline, yes. Okay. But U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf told you she did not want you to ask questions about dad, meaning Joe Biden. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, that was Wisconsin Congressman Glenn Grothman questioning the IRS whistleblower, and he'll be joining me here in just a few moments to talk about that hearing and what it could mean going forward. And the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas explained his priorities to a crowd in Aspen this week. I issued a memo very early on that we would not use the term illegal alien. Uh, when speaking of these individuals, we would we use the term non-citizen. But in all honesty, a recent investigative report from the House Homeland Security Committee accuses Mayorkas of a deliberate dereliction of duty. Well, again, we'll be joined by Congressman Matt Rosendale to discuss that situation. And speaking of investigations, yesterday, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley released an FBI document detailing allegations that then Vice President Biden and his son Hunter literally coerced a Ukrainian businessman to pay them millions of dollars in exchange for their help getting a Ukrainian prosecutor fired. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, <laughs> got fired. Wow. That was uh, President Biden in 2018 telling his version of the story. What an amazing turn of events that now is underway. Well, last month, Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert had this to say on the House floor. Mr. Speaker, I rise in today in support of my impeachment bill that will hold Joe Biden accountable for the dereliction of one of his most basic duties. Well, she very well may have been ahead of the curve because as the allegations against the president's continue to mount, the outcry for impeachment is also growing. Well, Congresswoman Boebert will join me herself to discuss the substance of these calls and why they are not simply a play for partisan gain. And then we have some good news for parental rights in education coming out of Southern California yesterday. And we'll be talking about that and how community impact teams of a group of concerned Christians helped to make all of it possible. So we've got a packed show, something you don't want to miss. And I encourage you to check out our website, TonyPerkins.com. There's a lot of great resources there for you, and you don't want to miss them. Of course, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss any portion of this program, you can find it there, as well as a host of archive programs and lots of other 
references and resources there for you. All right, let's jump into the program for this evening. This week, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee conducted a hearing with two IRS whistleblowers concerning the ongoing Biden family criminal investigation. The hearing included testimony under oath detailing not only the millions of dollars paid for uh, by foreign actors to the Biden family, but also the lengths that the Department of Justice went to divert and delay the IRS criminal investigations uh, and the, the investigators who were tasked with pursuing justice. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Glenn Grothman. He serves on three committees, including the Oversight Committee. He represents the 6th Congressional District of Wisconsin. He and I actually are classmates going into Congress at uh, the same time. Congressman Grothman, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always good to see you. Glad to see you, Congressman. Well, thank you so much. All right, well, listen, thanks for joining us. And I, I want to circle back to the hearing that uh, you had this week. By the way, you did a great job, as did some of your other colleagues. Uh, I'd like to start by playing a clip and then get your reaction to this. Play clip five, please. What these records reveal is astonishing. The Bidens created over 20 shell companies, most of which were created when Joe Biden was vice president. Bank records so far show the Biden family, their business associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and related companies. This is unbelievable. You, you have a few days now uh, under the bridge, water under the bridge. You've been able to distance somewhat from the hearing and, and let some of it sink in. Now, going back to it, what are some of the things from that hearing that jumped out to you that the whistleblower's testimony provided? Well, your listeners have to know we're talking about really two interrelated but separate scandals going on. And the hearing focused on the scandal of the Department of Justice the degree to which they tried to thwart the IRS from finding out the degree to which Hunter Biden broke the law. And we have two whistleblowers coming forward, risking their careers, saying they've never seen anything like this in their long careers. There were supposed to be days of action after President Biden was declared the winner, but before he was sworn in, in which we expected to interview 12 people, only one was made available. The IRS had tipped off, apparently, the Biden transition team as to what was going to happen here. And as the result, they also um, got involved and, well, uh, the establishment people here had recommended felonies. Justice weighed in and said, no, we're just going to give Hunter Biden a slap on the wrist. All the way across the board, we had a Justice Department that was operating even while President Trump was president. Uh, it was so ingrained, they were operating to look out for the Biden family and make sure they didn't get into trouble. Now, we had other scandals come out today. I had seen this, what they call a uh, Form 1032, 1023, I'm sorry, uh, showing that um, statements were made that Joe and Hunter Biden were both to receive $5 million, apparently to remove a prosecutor from the Ukraine and open things up for a Ukrainian company. So we have there just what appears to be, 
We're going to see if there's another side of the story for what appears to be flat out bribery and Joe Biden weighing in as vice president. And secondly, a Justice Department that is apparently so filled with liberals. My guess is they get that money by going to college in the United States, but, uh, just left wingers who, rather than help the IRS uh, convict or research or investigate um, the Biden. Well, both of, the, both of those points. Yeah, both of those points are, are incredibly disturbing. Uh, I mean, you had one of the whistleblowers, uh, Joseph Ziegler, I believe it was, actually said that he felt handcuffed throughout the investigation. Uh, and so you have, as you describe, the Department of Justice literally uh, pushing on the scales of how this uh, is going to turn out and protecting Biden and Hunter. Uh, and at the same time, the potential bribery that is taking place in your face. Tell me, Congressman, how should everyday working Americans respond when they see what is seemingly a pattern, a clear pattern of preferential treatment? Well, we should be worried about two things. First of all, we should worry about the Department of Justice. And it's the bureaucrats in the Department of Justice. Remember, a lot of this took place when President Trump was even the president. But the bureaucracy was so... Um, set on looking out for the Biden family. They did it anyway. They thwarted this investigation. It was much lower than it should have been. And at the end, when they wound up striking a deal with Hunter Biden, it was for far less than it should be. The other thing that's of concern, the president of the United States may be somebody who over in Ukraine was just paid a play. And uh, like, you're, like he had the morals of a 1920s Chicago alderman. Um, wow. So, so where, where is this going to go from here? All right. You, you've had an incredible hearing, a ton of information coming forward. I know uh, Chairman uh, Comer said there's more to come, including uh, possible criminal referrals. Is that correct? So where, where is this moving from here? And we're, we've got many more bank records to go. You know, there were people who bragged who said they were doing such a good job of transferring these monies. Through, I believe it was either 20 or 21 shell companies, never catch them. But we are going to get more bank records, and hopefully, uh, I don't want to say hopefully, but uh, perhaps we will find that we have literal evidence of money going from Ukraine to the Bidens. You've got to remember, we already know that nine different Biden family members were getting money off their connections to Joe. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll have to well, see where we're going. Yeah, and you know, I, I remember, I'm sure you do as well, that, that clip we started with here, the, uh, the the president bragging about how he went in and said, you're not getting your billion dollars unless you do. And now you start connecting the dots and all these uh, little clips begin to make sense. Let me play another clip for you and again, get uh, your reaction to this. Uh, uh, clip seven, please. These two courageous whistleblowers provided my committee with devastating testimony showing that the government is not treating all taxpayers equally and the DOJ and the IRS gave preferential treatment to the president's son during a criminal investigation into his taxes. That was, of course, uh, Chairman Jason Smith. Uh, your reaction to that, Congressman? Well, of course, with preferential treatment comes the idea that uh, there was a very good chance 
he will be guilty of bribery of some sort. Of course, other people must know this, which means it's possible that our president can be influenced by people in the Ukraine, wherever, uh, to direct American foreign policy the way they want. Obviously, uh, President Biden and his son are the only people who know what's going on here. And insofar as people connected with foreign governments know what's going on, they could put pressure on President Biden and it could affect the decisions he's making as president, which is really scary. I can't remember a time in our country in which we are a more precarious situation, not only in Ukraine, precarious situation with China. Um, and people know out there know more than the American people do as far as to what degree is President Biden compromised. As a, as yeah. a legislator, I've got to make decisions whether you do it in Ukraine uh, to a degree, uh, trade with China, that sort of thing. And can we trust President Biden to be looking out for the country as a whole, or as it becomes increasingly clear, is he looking out to make sure he and his uh, son uh, don't wind up close to Britain? Well, I, the big question, and I'll just let you answer this in 10 seconds, literally is about all we have. Uh, but are we going to be able to achieve a system of justice that is not a two-tiered system like we are currently watching it, about 10 seconds? We almost need a revolution in this country in which we get back to the moral values of this country with The scariest thing here is the Department of Justice uh, was so politically left-wing that they felt it was their goal to protect the Biden. Going to have to leave it there. Congressman Glenn Grothman, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. All right, friends, stay tuned for more Washington Watch. We'll be back after the break with Congressman Matt Rosendale. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific 
specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Well, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great having you with us. I'm Jody Heiser, your host this Friday evening. All right, this week, Republicans on the House Homeland Security Committee released an interim investigative report that accuses DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas of deliberate dereliction of duty. And according to the report, Mayorkas canceled out some effective policies while implementing others that really allowed tremendous ease for illegal individuals to enter into our country. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Matt Rosadell. He serves on the House Committee on Veterans Affairs and the House Committee on Natural Resources. Certainly no stranger to Washington Watch. Congressman from Montana, one of my favorite states, welcome back to the program. Good to be with you again, Jody. Always. Well, thank you so much. All right, let's uh, let's get into some of this uh, stuff that's coming out against Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, the conclusion that was drawn by the GOP Homeland Security Committee report is that our the current border crisis is just a disaster that, quite frankly, could have been avoided. Do you agree with that? I absolutely do. Uh, I started talking about this very soon after Secretary Mayorkas was confirmed by the Senate, and he started making statements about just to, just allow my plan to uh, to work itself out. I do have a plan. When, when a lot of people were asking, you know, what what is your plan for the border? We could already see an increasing amount of illegal immigration taking place. And I spoke very publicly and very vocally that his plan is to allow as many illegals to enter into our country as possible. It is to facilitate the illegal immigration of people into our country. And we've seen not only 5 million illegal immigrants uh, come across the line, Jody, that have had encounters with different types of law enforcement, whether that was Border Patrol or others, but we've seen about a million and a half come in that haven't had any encounters with legal um, authorities, which is even scarier because those folks snuck in in the dark of night and camouflage. And what kind of a hardened criminal do you need to be when you can go to Eagle Pass, Texas as an illegal immigrant? 
from any nation on earth, quite frankly. Throw your hands up, walk in, uh, receive a new set of clean clothes and a bus ticket to go anywhere that you would like in the country. So what kind of hardened criminal do you need to be to actually sneak in? And we've had about a million, million and a half of that. And that is why I'm really pleased to see uh, this report has come out and confirmed what basically we knew. And that is that that Secretary Mayorkas, this isn't, isn't out of negligence. This is out of malice. He has intentionally uh, violated the laws that are on the books now and has incentivized uh, additional illegal immigration to take place. Okay, let's go down that path. I think that's uh, well said, and it brings up a point that demands attention. Why in the world would Mayorkas and the Biden administration really in cahoots, why would they do such a thing as this intentionally? So intent is always a really difficult thing to prove and to understand. Uh, there's the argument that they're trying to get a bunch of additional voters uh, through the different uh, states that will allow illegals to obtain driver's license, which then leads them down to a path where they're going to be able to get uh, uh easier to um, register to vote, even though they are illegals. There's already some cities that allow illegals to vote. And and so you've got that argument. And then you have the other argument that I think is just as valid that says the Democrat Party is trying to create a permanent uh, underclass that that is dependent upon the government. Uh, It used to be uh, many years ago, turn of the century, the turn of the 19th, 20th century, 1900, Uh, when people were immigrating to our country, that they had to have a sponsor and they were not eligible to receive any of the benefits um, here in the country. They had to support themselves or have someone who was willing to support them until they could work. That that has gone away. We're spending about $150 billion a year uh, on illegal immigrants. And this is a major problem. But but if they are dependent upon the government, then they are going to be more likely to either them or their family members who may be here legally and are able to vote to, to vote for the Democrats. So at the end of the day, it, it's to support the Democrat Party. Well, it's just nefarious the way this is all unfolding. And you and I both have been to the border many times. And uh, the effects of this policy is devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Now, let me let me ask you this, and then I want to transition real quickly in the short time that we have remaining. Uh, but Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green uh, appears, at least as of now, not quite ready to call for the impeachment of Mayorkas. Uh, but speaking of impeachment, I'll be speaking with uh, Congresswoman uh, Lauren Boebert here in the next segment, and she has called for impeachment of the president. What are your thoughts on that? Look, the president, uh, now we are starting to get enough information that shows that he has been compromised not only by China, but also by uh, the Ukraine and with his son and Burisma and the transactions that are taking there. Uh, There is a lot of evidence that is now coming to the surface that uh, these select committees have brought up that that are showing just how compromised the president is. And then we have got to uh, look at at at. This impeachment. I'll tell you something, Jody. That is why it's so critically important, though, when we have a discussion about any of these impeachments, whether it's Homeland Security or the president, that we have the right people in the United States Senate because they not only confirm the uh, the justices and the judges across this nation, but they are also the ones that 
take up the the argument about who is going to be removed from office. And and when you have individuals that have shown to be uh, supportive of all of the concepts that have undermined our our great country, whether it's the ESG movement or the DEI movement or just supporting conflicts uh, overseas that we shouldn't be involved in, we've got to make sure who we are sending to the United States Senate. And, and that they're not just going to be a no offense, but a, a, a yes man for Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And, and listen, I, all honesty, that applies to the House of Representatives as well. I mean, elections matter across the board. But, uh, but your point is extremely well taken with the responsibility that the Senate is going to play, not only on a potential impeachment of Mayorkas, but the president or whatever. And there's a we huge make the recommendation. We make the That's recommendations, right. and then they are going to make the decision about if someone is removed or not. That, that's right, and uh, it's it's all it all is extremely important. And um, I wish I had more time, Congressman. That I don't is running out. But uh, thank you so much, as always, for joining us on Washington Watch. Grateful to have you. Thank you so much, Jody. God bless you. God bless you as well, my friend. All right, that was Congressman Matt Rosendale. Coming up, many Republicans are asking if the uh, constant drip of new uh, revelations against the Biden family warrants a call for impeachment. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert will join me to discuss that. Stay tuned. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash pro-life men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org slash worldview. Again, go to frc.org slash worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Boy, we got a lot of plates spinning this evening. Glad to have you on board with us. As I mentioned at the top of the program yesterday, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley released an FBI document containing allegations that then-Vice President Biden 
and his son Hunter coerced a Ukrainian businessman to pay them literally millions of dollars in exchange for their help getting a Ukrainian prosecutor fired. I want to play this clip again. Clip two, please. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, <laughs> got fired. It's unbelievable. That was President Biden in 2018, literally unable to help himself from bragging about that event. Uh, in response to Grassley's release, the calls for impeachment of the pre president and proceedings therein continue to grow. And joining me now to discuss this is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. She serves on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, and she represents the third district from the great state of Colorado. Congresswoman Boebert, great seeing you. Welcome to Washington Watch. Jody, it is such a blessing to see you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's our honor indeed. All right, let's jump right into this. You sent a motion for articles of impeachment uh, to two committees last month. Uh, I think you're a little ahead of the game, but look at what all has transpired. Uh, and you were doing it then, as I understand it, over Biden's mismanagement at the border. But now the swelling of, uh, there's now literally a chorus that's chiming in to impeachment due to the corruption allegations. Your thoughts? Yes. Uh, so I, I saw the FD 1023s with Joe Biden uh, and showing this bribery scheme with the Ukrainian oligarch, uh, $5 million to Hunter Biden, $5 million to Joe Biden. And I saw all the corruption that was going on there. Um, but I knew that uh, Chairman Jamie Comer wanted to have more information, more details. So no one could say that we were going um, about this in a, in a manner uh, that was irresponsible. He wanted all the facts. He wanted the Oversight Committee to have investigations. And uh, I said, this guy's got to go. Uh, and if anything, for the destruction of our southern border, um, at the stroke of a pen, he opened our southern border wide, uh, wide for all to come in. Um, we have criminal uh, aliens coming over, terrorists, known terrorists on the watch list that are coming over. We have tens of thousands of children who are going missing, fentanyl poisoning um, that is killing uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans. I, I mean, this is absolutely devastating. And this dereliction of duty uh, is uh, warrants impeachment. And, and so I um, brought up a privileged motion to impeach Joe Biden. And uh, Jody, you know how the House works better than anyone does. Um, a lot of Republicans got upset because they were going to be put on the spot with a straight up and down vote for, to impeach or not impeach Joe Biden. And we came to an agreement that if the committees actually did their job with an impeachment inquiry, I would allow it to go to committee. But I also stated if I do not see this impeachment inquiry gaining momentum and actually having hearings and investigations, then we will bring up another privileged uh, resolution, a privileged motion, and have that straight up and down vote. But Jody, now that we are seeing um, so much more information, we had the whistleblowers, these IRS uh, criminal investigators come before the Oversight Committee this past week. They're very credible men, and they had uh, so much detail about the financial transactions, the 20 shell companies, uh, over $17 million they're seeing from our foreign adversaries, China, Romania, Ukraine, Russia, I, I, all of this that is coming out. And um, once again, 
uh, Jody, I am very tempted to just bring up a privileged motion to impeach him. We have the information that we need. We have the facts. We have these IRS whistleblowers, these criminal investigators. We have our own research. And the American people are tired of having someone who is compromised in the White House without any justice. Absolutely. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your incredible leadership on this. And uh, it is, uh, I think, just poetic justice. That, and it is enough to me as well to bring forth articles over the disaster, the deliberate disaster on the border. But now it's just gotten bigger and bigger. We've only got a couple of minutes left, Congresswoman. Let me ask you this real quickly, because this is an important thing. I think some people out there think this is just another political ploy. We now have, it doesn't matter who the president is, the opposite party is going to try to impeach. We have to address this with the public. When President Trump was impeached, uh, conservatives reasonably noticed that Democrats were politicizing the legitimate function of Congress. But this is different. There's, there's evidence. I mean, the facts are here. Uh, respond to that real quickly. Yes, well, President Trump was impeached by House Democrats over Joe Biden's uh, crimes. Uh, Joe Biden was the one with a quid pro quo um, withholding aid uh, in order to fire uh, uh, Stokin. Uh, he, he wanted this prosecutor fired. He withheld uh, aid, foreign aid, um, until that actually happened and then bragged. And President Trump just simply said, Hey, I think you guys should look into this. Uh, as he likes to call it, it was a perfect phone call. And House Democrats did not like one of their own being exposed uh, with this corruption. And so they impeached President Trump for uh, uh, someone in their party's actions. And, and we still are seeing this. He's still being indicted for crimes that Democrats um, are, are guilty of, whether that's uh, that's holding classified documents uh, and in and. Uh, 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 garages uh, behind Corvettes or whatever it may be. Um, president Trump, you know, had the authority to have classified documents. He was president. He could declassify. And Joe Biden had these uh, from being a senator. We're so have uh, to everything leave it that they're there. guilty of, they, they go after him for and they politicize the process. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Watch and thanks for your leadership. Thanks All right, so friends, much, coming up. Thank you so much. Coming up, we've got some good news for parental rights coming out of Southern California. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation to stand for truth and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded communities. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories, and commentaries, all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host this Friday evening, Jody Heiss. And just a reminder, this week is the National Defense Authorization Act which is a must-pass piece of legislation. It's the one that funds the military, uh, sets forth military priorities for the next year, and all those sorts of things. It is uh, an important annual bill that must be passed, as I mentioned. Well, last week, the House uh, put forth the best NDAA that we've seen in years. But now it goes to the Senate. And as Congressman Rosendale was mentioning a while ago, well, we've, we've got to keep the pressure, if you will, on our Senate on so many different issues. So now you have a window of opportunity to uh, raise your voice and all of us together raising our voices uh, to call for the radical agenda policies that are being pushed on our military to stop. So I want to encourage you right now to take a moment to go to our website, TonyPerkins.com, and sign the petition. You'll see it there. It's called Return the U.S. Military to Its Foundational Principles. Go to that uh, uh, petition and sign it. You can do so by texting the word WOKE, WOKE, W-O-K-E, to the number 67742, and you'll get all the information you need to sign that petition. All right, let's jump into our next story. Please, let's begin by playing clip number nine. We are encouraging you to attend the Chino Valley Unified School District meeting that is going to be voting on a policy to reinforce parental rights. To reinforce parental rights. We're asking people to show up by the thousands. That was Pastor Jack Hibbs sending out a word uh, regarding an important school board meeting that was taking place in his community. And you heard him ask for people to show up and indeed 
They did. Uh, the board of the Chino Valley Unified School District voted yesterday to require schools to notify parents if their child identifies as transgender. So under the new policy, the schools must inform parents if a student wants to use a name or pronoun that's different from what's on their birth certificate or official records, or if their child wants to use a different bathroom. Well, this decision for sanity uh, certainly didn't come without an outcry from the left. In fact, uh, the California Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tony Thurman, had to be escorted out of the school board meeting by security because of his outburst. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is the president of the school board for Chino Valley Unified School District, Sonia Shaw. Sonia, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Watch. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, it's our honor. I, you know, we love to recognize people who are standing in the gap and making a difference. So first of all, let me just say congratulations on this policy in support of parental rights. Well done. Uh, and hats off to you and all the board. So why did you consider this move to be so necessary for your school district? Um, particularly with our school district, we actually um, coming into being on the board, we had a policy that was quite the opposite. It was to keep the secret. And um, if you're following anything in California, which I'm sure most people are aware, there has been a war and, a, and they, they, Sacramento has waged a war on parental rights. Um, a lot of it has to do with the per, perversion of our children. And with all these bills on the table, um, it only made sense to put some safeguards back in place, especially with um, a, a two particular bills that are there that would protect what they're trying to do, and it would protect our children. And, and not only that, it would not break up the family unit. So when I was aware that after they did, they pulled a stunt on um, Bill Aselli when he tried to bring it forward, um, and I was aware that I can bring it as policy, God opened the doors. Um, we worked on a, a coalition of us worked on this policy. Um, tremendous amount of work and love put in it, and, and it only made sense to bring it forward. Uh, that's amazing. Well, I, I was able to touch on it just briefly. There has been enormous opposition, and I know uh, you are sensing that uh, in so many different ways. But, uh, you know, there's pressure when the state superintendent of public instruction even shows up. Uh, but what happened at the meeting? I briefly touched on it, but fill in some gaps for us. Yeah, no, of course. Um, there's a history with... Uh Oh hey, there you that are. was bad. And we've got you. I don't know what's happening. It totally disconnected. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we hear you just fine. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, you're good. Yeah, go ahead. It, uh, my phone keeps ringing. I can't hear you guys. Okay, keep talking. Okay. Can you see me? Um, yeah. So Tony Thurman, um, he he has had Chino on his radar for a while. When I was a um, a parent, and then I was a candidate, he he decided that it was important to announce that he knew how important this election was, and he came and walked with my opponent. Um, he knows Chino is valuable because we are trying to protect our students um, and, and protect the family unit. So when he came up, it was a political stunt. He's trying to scare us, and, and it just, he, I mean, he was out of order a couple of times. He was over there in the audience saying, 
point of order, this is not his meeting. I'm, I was confused on his behavior. Well, it's amazing. Are you able to hear me now or no? Um, it's so hard. I don't know what happened to the audio. Okay. Yeah. I, Sonia Shaw, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Watch. I apologize that we've got a poor connection somewhere in the way, but thank you for standing strong uh, in the faith and for standing strong for children, parents, and families, not only there in California, but across the country. All right, we want to continue the conversation on education. Uh, we often talk about the need for Christians to step in and to use the gifts that God has given them in the arena, just arena, just like we uh, were talking with Sonia Shaw, and just as she has done. And churches can, and frankly should, lead the way in this effort. Well, we are joined now uh, to continue this conversation on how churches can have a similar impact on their own communities. And joining me now is Gina Gleason. She's the executive director of Real Impact. Gina, welcome to the program. Glad to have you on Washington Watch. Thanks for having me. Well, it's our honor to have you. Uh, well, listen, tell us about the work that you are doing uh, really to help Christians engage in their local school boards. Well, I've been doing this for 18 years, serving as the executive director of Real Impact, and we are a ministry helping churches understand what their rights are and how they can stand for righteousness in the public square. We provide information to not only other churches, but to our own church and our congregation and to my senior pastor. And we are all about monitoring legislation that is coming out of Sacramento, our state capital, and Washington, D.C., and making sure that our congregation and fellow Christians across the state of California are informed. And as a matter of fact, we have people following us from all over the country. Well, it's absolutely thrilling to see, uh, you know, and, and basically what you have is a group of Christians who are observing some horrible trends, some horrible things taking place in our school boards uh, across the country, for that matter, but stepping up to the plate locally and getting involved in this. How, how did this begin? How did, how, how did Real Impact get started? Real Impact was an established ministry long before I got to the church. It was a, a vision of my senior pastor, Jack Hibbs. And so I stepped into the role, like I said, 18 years ago, and slowly but surely the Lord showed me how to get involved in the community community, and how to understand legislation, policies, procedures, school boards, um, elections, you name it. He opened the door for us to learn about the impact that the church could make. And so I've learned so much, and I want to share it with other churches. And that's been our goal for, for many, many years. Well, that's fantastic. You know, the scripture teaches us to be salt and light, as Christians, and, and that doesn't really matter at all what country or where we live, anywhere in the world, if you are a child of God, you're called to be salt and light in that uh, sphere of influence and in, in that place where you ha have, have been uh, put. And it is impossible, I'm convinced, to be salt and light without being engaged by definition of, of the biblical teaching being salt and light requires being engaged. And I just, again, want to say thank you and hats off to uh, all of your, your fellow believers who are engaging the culture on this extremely important 
ground of schools right now. Can you share with us some of the success stories that you've had over the years? Well, just for instance, last night we had a school board. <laughs> this is a great place to start. <laughs> yeah, that was a great success. We worked uh, closely with a group of leaders throughout California to put together a policy that said uh, parents should know about what's happening with their children. So we collaborated with leaders across the state. And we um, had a success when the school board voted this policy into place, notifying parents when these things are happening to their children while they're on school property. And it's not just about a child identifying as a new gender. It's also about a, a child uh, saying things about wanting to commit suicide or a child being um, physically harmed while on school property. And I think everybody wants to focus on the gender part of it. That is important. That's a big part of it. But it was not just for that reason. So we put together a policy that is legally defensible. That is something that any school district can adopt across the state. As a matter of fact, I've had probably over seven school districts reach out to the coalition this morning and want to put this policy into place. So we have set up a website to help schools all over the place, all over California, put this in place. It's um, CA for California, caparentalrights.org. There, parents, uh, school leaders can get information about how to place this policy on their school board agenda and get this passed into law. caparentalrights.org. All right, GAparentalrights.com. All right, so why is it so, and I, I think we know this, this, the answer to this, but we need to verbalize it. And we have people all across the country that are watching and listening right now. Why is it so critically important for churches, for pastors, for believers to lead uh, the way in so many of these type of efforts? Well, let, let California be a warning or an example to the rest of the country. The legislature in California has issued several bills this year that are literally taking our parental rights away. One bill actually allows a child, a minor, 12 years old and older, to be placed in a residential facility without mandating that the parents are notified. And there's a few bills similar to that, and that's part of what I do is I monitor those types of bills that come out of the state capitol, and I pass this out to the other churches in the state. But we are absolutely appalled that this is coming from our legislature, so much so that we are actually organizing a rally on the steps of the Capitol on August the 21st, it's a Monday, to protest all the legislation that is coming out and really taking the rights of the parents to raise their children according to their values, even to the point of what we're calling state-sanctioned kidnapping. Wow. Well, that's, we would like to keep a pulse on that as it's developing and, and as that rally is unfolding. Uh, Gina, we would, we would appreciate that a great deal. And, and, you know, I think you bring up a great point in that answer that in so many ways, what happens in California does tend to impact the rest of the country. And for people to somehow suppose that what happens in California is not of importance to me and to our local school district is really pretty naive thinking because this whole movement 
is is a is a national movement and it's having its impact all across the country. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I think that one of the best things that parents can do from other states is to look at the legislation and the policies that we're trying to put in place and put them in place into their school districts now before it actually gets to the point where it's really difficult to fight this this movement. Great point. Great point. All right. So you're working in a coalition, a lot of other churches, primarily there in California, uh, just seven different dis school districts contacting you this morning alone. Uh, so let's take this out a little bit further. You are blessed to be in a church that has some of these, uh, the, the vision and the understanding to be engaged in some of these things. What would you say to other churches, other Christians who are in churches perhaps that don't have uh, this type of vision? Uh, how can they follow your lead? Well, I, I think that they, what's happened is that our ministry has gained a reputation of being a ministry that they can trust. So I'm going to encourage people to follow us at realimpact.us and they can find out what's going on in California. We offer suggestions of how a church can get involved and we don't insist that a church does ministry like we um, set up our ministry at our church, but there's plenty of ways for a church to get involved because it's legal and it's the right thing to do. But we have a responsibility to protect and defend our children. And most people do not follow legislation, nor do they know what to do once they hear about it. That's where we step up. We make everything easy for the average person who doesn't understand legislation to understand it and to know what to do. The, the, the action steps, the materials, everything is so accessible. It's all on our website. Our materials are downloadable. We don't use legislative lingo. We talk the language of the everyday person so they can understand the seriousness of what's coming out of our state capital. Great. Give me that website one more time. Realimpact.us. Gina Gleason, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Watch. Congratulations again on a tremendous victory. Keep the torch ablaze. All right, thank friends, you. that's all the time we have this evening on Washington Watch and this week. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Go to church. We'll see you next week right here on Washington Watch. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.